the glory of the Lord on the Article 7 podcast. Greetings, welcome to Article 7. I'm Andy Jago, pastor of Bethany Lutheran Church and Preschool, and this is my sermon podcast. We're now in the year 2020, and Bethany is continuing the story, a series that walks through the main narrative of the Bible in chronological order. In chapter 13, we get to know Solomon and his wisdom, but this sermon was preached on Epiphany Sunday, so you'll also hear an Epiphany theme, God revealing his glory. And at the end of the podcast, you'll also hear an epiphany anthem, a nice version of Philip Nikolai's O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright, sung by the Bethany Singers. May the Lord bless us as we continue to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest His Holy Word. here in the book, uh, in Chronicles, the glory of the Lord appearing. And this is going to set the stage and set the scene throughout this whole season of Epiphany, where God reveals his glory. God revealed his glory in the tabernacle, in the temple, in the Old Testament, and in many and various ways as he spoke to the people by the prophets. But in these last days, he speaks to us by his son, as it says in the book of Hebrews. And so through Jesus, we see miracles. We see evidence of God working through the Son. And we hear his excellent teaching. And there are many and other ways in which we see the glory of the Lord. Solomon is also known for wisdom. And he receives wisdom after seeing the Lord in, uh, in a vision, in a dream. And after The glory of the Lord is there in the temple. Solomon again speaks with the Lord in the dream. And then the Lord leaves Solomon. There's a very tragic ending to Solomon's story where the Lord becomes angry with Solomon and Solomon no longer hears the voice of the Lord. We see that in the story, of course, and we, we read that toward the very end of the chapter where the king who has it all, the story ends in failure. And I look at some of the other, we're also given some writings from Proverbs throughout this chapter, and there's other wisdom writings that are alongside uh, the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Book of Ecclesiastes, everything is meaningless, says the preacher. And I wonder if Solomon realized that at the end of his life, that everything was meaningless. All the things that he was able to enjoy, his riches and his wisdom, without the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, we read in the book of Proverbs. And then there's the Song of Solomon, which is a very odd book right there, right in the middle of all these wisdom writings, between uh, the lover and the beloved. It's a dialogue that goes between them with some choruses mixed in. And why do I mention this? Because when the two are together, there's this ecstasy and this description 
of love. And the two describe one another in this rapture. But then there's this one scene that's right in the middle of Song of Solomon in chapter 5. And in this scene, well, let me just read it to you here from chapter... You're not going to find this in the story. You'll have to look at this in your uh, pew Bibles. But Song of Solomon, chapter 5, beginning with the second verse. I slept, the woman says. I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is wet with dew, my locks with the drops of night. I put off my garment, how could I put it on, says the woman. I bathe my feet, how could I soil them? So she doesn't approach the door in a timely fashion, we'll say. My beloved put his hand to the latch, and my heart was thrilled within me. I arose to open to my beloved, my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone. And my soul failed me when he spoke. I sought him, but I found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. The watchmen found me, and as I went about the city, they beat me, they bruised me. They took away my veil, those watchmen on the walls. So the two miss each other in the night. And again, in my mind, I can't say we don't know who wrote Song of Solomon. Ultimately, it's attributed to Solomon. And we're not sure exactly how it connects to the other wisdom writings. But for me personally, I heard some strong echoes in those words with the end of Solomon's story in 1 Kings, the end of this chapter, where the Lord becomes angry with Solomon. And Solomon cannot hear his voice. He heard the knock at the door, but got there too late. Solomon broke the first commandment. He worshipped other gods. He, and it says, even though at the very beginning of his story, that he loved the Lord, toward the end of his story, his heart turns away, turns away from the Lord. And it says in 1 Kings 11, page 192 in the story, if you're following with that chapter, chapter 13, the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who appeared to him twice. Solomon was loved by God. He was chosen before he was born to build the temple. And God speaks with Solomon. We haven't heard that since Moses and Samuel. God is willing to give Solomon whatever he wants but perhaps Solomon took advantage of that love, not in a positive way. He just presumed it would always be there, but he turns his heart away. That's an important lesson, I think, at the beginning of 2020, the beginning of a new year. Sometimes the beginning of a new year can bring with it all sorts of resolutions, right? So many resolutions that get broken in our half-hearted Attempts to be healthier, to get organized, to be a better person, <laughs> come to church more often. And those resolutions tend to be broken. And when we try to better ourselves, what hope do we have then when we read about Solomon, the world's smartest, the world's wealthiest man, 
who ultimately failed. And to answer that, we need to go back to the glory days. <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about when you were young and in great shape and did some epic things that you still recount with your friends. No, I'm talking about glory days, the glory of the Lord, the holy smoke, if you will, filling the temple that Solomon had built, the glory of the Lord visible and felt by all who gathered in the temple, the presence of God. And remember, sin is the very thing that got a hold of Solomon's heart and, and the very thing that separates us from God from the very beginning. And the whole of this story that we're reading together is to see God conquering sin and bringing us back and to unite God and his people. But here in the glory, we get a glimpse of this heavenly worship. I chose the text for today very purposely, which is contained in this chapter of the story, not from 1 Kings, but 1 Chronicles chapter 5, because of the vivid description, the music that was playing. Can you hear the trumpets? Could you hear them as, there was, as those verses were being read? Can you see the, the, the priests trying to carry on with their duties, but not being able to see because of the cloud of smoke? God bringing his presence as he did in days of old, but on such a, a magnificent scale there in the temple. The musicians, the artisans, the Levites, all those who were present awaiting the abundant mercy, the glory of the Lord. And the Lord promises Solomon in his vision at night that he would be there, that his presence would be there. And even going so far as to say his eyes and his heart would be in that place. And those are the promises that God made. God also warned Solomon, despite those promises, that should the people turn their hearts away, should Solomon turn his heart away, the temple would become just a byword would be taken down and destroyed. Stay tuned. The, future, the chapters of the story which we will read throughout this next month and the beginning of the next month in February will cover that story. But for now, the glory of the Lord, the presence of God. Isaiah the prophet saying, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. After this scene, certainly the nations take note of Solomon's wisdom, bringing gifts. The queen of Sheba coming, the queen in Africa coming with gifts for Solomon to take part in his wisdom. And I hear there again an echo to the gospel for today. When the wise men journey far and long to come to give their gifts because perhaps of a prophecy that they had kept, a prophecy that they heard then in the presence of Herod where the king was to be found. And they come and they offer their gifts. And this is a, a foreshadowing of what is yet to come. The apostle John writes, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only coming from God the Father. This Jesus, who is worshipped by the wise men, reveals his glory time and time again 
he says, behold, someone greater than Solomon is here. He teaches with authority all throughout his ministry, and yes, even in the temple. The one the wise men were drawn to, just as the African queen of Sheba was drawn to Solomon, was here now, the word of God in the flesh. But like Solomon, the people of God turn their hearts away. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him, the, 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 the apostle John says. And even his own disciples abandon our Lord in fear. But all that happened was according to the way that God would enter into our sinful world and eliminate the power of sin, the weakness that we have, which we see in part with failed resolutions, but more profoundly when we ourselves turn our hearts away from God. What hope is there for poor sinful people but this child who revealed his glory and grew up and went to the cross and through the cross and the empty tomb, now nations may come into this light that defeats every darkness, that defeats every weakness and every sin. You and I are meant to shine with that light, not to live in fear or to be given in to sin, but to live courageously, to shine, if you will. We do not need the wisdom of Solomon to have power over our sin. We, uh, we do not need the wisdom of Solomon to, to keep our hearts and minds on Christ Jesus. That wisdom comes down from above. That wisdom enters our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. The glory of the Lord shines here and now just as surely as it did in the temple of Solomon. It comes into our hearts through the music. It comes into our hearts through the prayers. It comes into our hearts through the word and the sacraments. We are able to share in the glory of God, which is why Isaiah prophesied, Arise and shine, your light has come. People today are still seeking, still searching, still longing for a wisdom that builds, a wisdom that gives peace, a wisdom that leads us to God. And that is what is revealed in Christ Jesus. God promises his eyes and his heart are still here, still on his people who struggle with doubt, and God promises he will hear us, who still struggle with sin, and God promises he will forgive us by the blood that Christ has shed, who still struggle with loving one another and promises his love will never be taken away from us, who still struggle with truth and God promises he will teach us in all truth, who we still struggle with living, but God promises that he will live inside of us. God's people who struggle with dying and God promises his light will lead us home. We always have a star to guide us to our beloved Lord, whose glory still shines in our hearts, whose presence is still with us today. In the book of Revelation, the 21st chapter, we read, And I saw no temple in its city. The temples here on earth pass away. 
But ultimately, we go to the temple in that city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of a sun or moon to shine upon it, for the glory of the Lord is its light, and the light, the Lamb is the lamp. By its light shall the nations walk, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And its gates shall never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They shall bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. Nothing unclean shall enter it. But those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, written there we add, by the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ, nations come to its brightness and glory. So that's the scene that's being revealed. That's the epiphany journey that you and I are on today. There's still treasures to be brought into that temple. Not so much the, the gold and the frankincense and myrrh that our three friends up here represent, but the treasures of the nation, the true treasures. When we let the light of God shine into our lives, not defeated by sin, but coming into His glory, coming into His sanctuary, Worshiping, praying, praising our Lord, not just here, but everywhere we happen to go, wherever the Lord calls us to be, then people will see the light. Nations will come into the Lord's glory. Not gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but the treasure of the nations are all the souls that come into the Lord's presence because we have seen His glory and have shared that glory and have risen and shined in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus.